Hey friends, Kevin Garcia here from A Tiny Revolution, and I want to take a second to invite you to the 2024 Q Christian Fellowship National Conference happening January 11th through the 14th in Albuquerque, New Mexico. This is QCF's 20th conference, and I have been to, I think, I think six of them, six of the 20, and it just keeps getting better and better every year. But what is the conference? The Q Christian Fellowship Conference is an annual gathering where LGBTQ plus Christians, parents and allies alike gather for worship, fellowship, workshops, keynote speakers, and at the same time, making some lifelong friends, reunite with those friends that you haven't seen in a million billion years and have an incredible healing, transformative, hope-filled experience. It's a place where you can really witness the fullness of God's love and affirmation through one another. Um, and this year, some of the keynotes include my best friend in the whole world, Miles Markham, my good Judy Kathy Baldock, my literally mother, Flamey Grant, Matthias Roberts, my best friend in the whole freaking world, like, and yours truly, Kevin Garcia, that's me. I'm going to be doing a live workshop on What Makes You Bloom, my new book coming out the same week as the conference. And I'm also going to be doing a live podcast of A Tiny Revolution there, where I'm going to be interviewing both Matthias and miles about uh queer friendship among other wonderful things so go ahead and get to qcfconf.org that's qcfconf.org and use the offer code tiny revolution to save 10 percent on your conference registration i can't wait to see you there again go to qcfconf.org today use offer code tiny revolution all one word to get 10 percent off your conference registration i love you and i cannot wait to see you this year at the 20th annual q christian fellowship national conference in albuquerque new mexico january 11th to the 14th and now we're recording hey everybody welcome to a tiny revolution the <laughs> wait i forgot the tech. a podcast about ordinary folks living revolutionary lives a podcast about ordinary folks living revolutionary lives. I am not your host, but I am. My name is Scott Gronholtz. And today our guest is Kevin Garcia, the Kevin Garcia. The one. And it is the 200th episode of A Tiny Revolution. And so um, this this episode is about you, Kevin. Yes. Because I, for I once. Say, it's not about me. This one's about you. I mean, even though. I mean, what does a drag queen love more than money? It's making something about herself. You've been waiting for this moment. You've earned it 200 episodes, and now it gets to be about you. <laughs> Even though, like, every single conversation <laughs> I have, I insert my story in my life and just because I'm the most. That's amazing, I'm though. Profound. I mean, because do you want to start? Do you want to start by just playing with that for a second? Like, sure. say, starting the episode by saying, let's get to the guest because it's not about me. <laughs> but in the way, in a beautiful way, it is because people are tuning in for you in a way and your guests. Yeah, I suppose so. Like, you know, three. No, when did it come out? I came out 2015 and I started shortly in 2016. And so. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I started this in 2016 after I went to the Wild Goose Festival that summer. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. It's all kind of like trying to remember. That, the early part of my coming out was so messy and mucky and but anyways yeah i'm not in charge you're in charge well i would just follow my natural curiosity i mean what was it what sparked you starting the podcast wild goose take us back to the beginning back to the goose well i was yeah. goose. at the goose um i was at the wild goose festival and i think yeah it had to be 2016 because i had come out 
the summer of 2015. See, now I'm, now I'm having my timeline mixed up. I can't remember if it was 2015 or 2016. Um, yeah. So about seven years ago, six or seven well, years ago. Yeah. No, I think, I think this was summer 2016 because I went to Wild Goose Festival. I had just quit working for a corporation uh, just at a, and then I worked for a nonprofit for a while. And I got a free ticket to go to Wild Goose Festival, which was wonderful because I was broke as a joke. And I went and was still very fresh. And, you know, there were people doing live podcast shows and there were people doing these really interesting conversations. And I'm just like, I want to do this. Like, this is what I was made for. Like, I had been a, uh, you know, a good preacher, you know, and I'd just come back from being a missionary and I'd been teaching there. And I was also a big fan of the Robcast, um, Rob Bell's podcast, Rob. which was like, yeah, the yeah. precursor to all of our deconstruction, right? <laughs> it's true. Um, but yeah, I remember, um, I remember uh, just sitting around thinking, I'm just like, okay, so I don't know if there's a single queer Christian podcast or anything out there. And I didn't want it to be strictly queer and Christian, but I wanted it to be about what it was to like start doing something different, you know, and I wanted to talk to interesting people. And while I was at Wild Goose Festival, my friend Sarah Heath says like, you know, this is kind of like you're starting a little tiny revolution. And I was like, that's going to be the name of my podcast. That's, and I'm yeah. like, that's, that's yeah. a, that was a brilliant line. Cause like I was at the time I was also going to a non-affirming church, Grace Midtown in Atlanta, Georgia. Fuck y'all. Say it, say their names. Yeah. The thing is like, <laughs> I'm of the school of thought. It was Anne Lamont who says, like, if they, you know, if they wanted to write, like, if they wanted to be remembered better, they should have behaved better or some shit like that. Yeah. Facts. Um, yeah. But uh, I was trying to basically lead the revolution there. I was trying to get it to become affirming. And so I was brutalizing myself by continuously having conversations with these pastors who did not give a fuck about inclusion. They cared about saving face and they did not want to upset anybody. So they did nothing. And so they upset everybody. <laughs> Um, yeah. eventually, um, yeah, started the show. I interviewed a whole bunch of folks. Like one of my, like the first person I ever interviewed was Mike McCarg when he was still doing the liturgists. Mm. And then the second person I interviewed oh was Garrett Connolly, whose book boy erased later became like an Academy award winning film, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And so on and so forth. And eventually someone told me that I was a deconstruction podcast and I was like, Oh, is that what I'm doing? Is that what we've been doing? I just, again, I, I say this a lot. I just called it losing my shit. You know, <laughs> I called it losing my mind. That's what I was doing this whole time. Um, and yeah, so that's how it started. And it was at first, I like I was closely editing and adding music. I was trying to make it sound like the relevant podcast. Um, and then every yeah. now and again, I would do. That's a good one. Oh my God, the fucking relevant podcast. Yeah. <laughs> they can go choke and die. <laughs> um, yeah, that's how it got started. And now here we are in, in 2023. Uh, this this episode actually was supposed to come out last week on my 34th birthday, but my insomnia has been kicking my ass. And so here we are a week later and tomorrow. So this is coming out on Monday, the 20th, and then 201 is coming out tomorrow. So double feature. <laughs> I think I spend most of my days making sure I 
fall asleep. Like all my decisions that I'm making throughout the day are making like heading towards sleep. And I'm only saying that to empathize with like, I've been so sad watching your <laughs> stories. Yeah. You and me sleep. both. <laughs> um, but like, you know, yeah. we've got, um, I've got NyQuil tonight. So yeah. you know, sleep is all, all right. but assured. Thank God for NyQuil. Well, a question I have is like, what gave you the, what gave you the gumption? Like what, what made it so you felt like you could start a podcast and gave you the confidence to just get right out well, because there. Because like mediocre white men have been doing thing. it for forever. And <laughs> yeah. the thing is like, I'm not a mediocre white man. I'm actually a very, very dope mixed human, you know, even though I got that, yeah. you know, passing privilege. Um, and I'm also like, yeah, it was yeah. also like, I was one of the first like queer Christian podcasts to get some kind of like notoriety. Um, mm hmm. And I'm not like like tooting my own horn, but like, you know, this is your chance to toot your horn. <laughs> That's fucking right. I can toot my own horn sometimes. Yeah. I did a lot. Yeah. I've done a lot in just you know, eight years of being out. <clears throat> yeah. Um, yeah. But um, gumption. I don't think it was really any gumption. It was just like I wanted to do it. It was like this. This sounds like fun. This can lead to something more. This can lead to the connections. And I was I was right. Like, cause it's also like. I mean, I make no, uh, I make no illusions about the fact that like, I, I don't mind the attention. I like the attention. You're right. You're right. Um, yeah, yeah. I love that. And I have a capacity. Like I really want my, like, I don't, I, I want to be a New York times bestseller. I want to be somebody who has like a million downloads per episode. I want to be somebody and not because I want people to be looking at me is because I want people to see what freedom looks like so they can start doing it for themselves like grant again yeah. i like attention but i'm just like god please use my bullshit and my ego <laughs> to help people because yeah. at the end of the day that's kind of what i care about and that's also why i've continued yeah. to do the podcast because every single time i want to quit and throw in the towel someone tells me that the podcast has helped so really i don't think it's about gumption at all i think it's about what is needed and what works and what helps so mm. for me, like, if this podcast is helping, this is a very, very simple and easy way for me to do some good in the world. I want to confirm that just to <laughs> say, having done these online youth groups for almost four years now, uh, I would also, say... Also, quick intro for Scott, who, like, for those of you who don't, Scott's one of my best friends in the whole world. He runs this thing yeah. called Affirming <laughs> Youth Ministries. They run... Um, uh, safe spaces, online youth groups for queer kids and queer students across the world who do not have access to safe places. And so he also has um, and you're Seattle's on number one podcast, No Small Thing. You should go tune into that. And <laughs> right. I asked him to come on here and do this like kind of like role reversal for my 200th so I can, I don't know, actually reflect. I, you're going to just take that audio and put it at the beginning of Tiny Revolution because I know you have like a nice long intro with pretty music. And I can just picture you putting it all I together. I mean, I'm probably not for this one. I think I might actually just like hit the export okay. button and be like, a cold open. Yeah, we're just gonna yeah. have a cold all right, open with fair. all of the bullshit with it too. <laughs> oh gosh, great! I gave myself a little grace today because I was like, Kevin always dresses up the opening. Yeah, here, so. I mean, like every time but this time because we're short on time. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Awesome. Sorry to this man. <laughs> you know, yeah. So what I want to say is, um, for listeners, um, having connected with about 800 kids over the last four years, many of them, and I would say hundreds, 
um, find us through Kevin. So, so Kevin, um, whether it's Instagram or tiny revolution, they, they shot, I, I always ask, how did you find us? And, and people say usually often, uh, I was listening to a tiny revolution or through Kevin Garcia and I started deconstructing or I started embracing my queerness mm -hmm. or I started becoming aware of these other influencers and people. And I started accepting myself. And so it has been sort of, sort of a good teamwork type of energy of like, you get people thinking and maybe you're not necessarily set up to be supporting all these middle school and high schoolers, mm -hmm. but they listen to you and then they say, what's the next step? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, you've given tons of kids. I mean, th those are just the kids I've yeah. met. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure there's <laughs> hundreds and hundreds of thousands maybe that I've never, you know, met before. So, and that I think it's like the part of any sort of digital work. Most of the digital work that I think, is creators need to hear how their work is actually impacting real people because we were so insular and the like the like the digital yeah. world has done you know created a little bit more of a barrier initially and then social anxiety you know for those of us and then like the way that covid shut down the world and the the, the huge isolation that we all had to take i don't think anybody has fully recovered from what that or really understands what that did to us as far as like relationally. I think there's a lot of stuff that's still yeah. like we're still working on healing. But that um yeah, but all that to say is like being able to know that so if you're listening to this, please tell the creators in your life that you like, tell them what your work mm. mean what their work means to you because I mean, I know like when I get to meet my heroes, I tell them exactly what I think. And you know, like it's like it's and I don't really care if it makes them feel uncomfortable. It's not about them. It's about me expressing gratitude for something. And that gratitude, I would tell you, is is always welcome. Because like <sighs> a lot of times I wanna I like I wanna fucking quit. Like I'm so sick of this conversation. Mm -hmm. I'm so sick of Christians. So sick of them. Mm. But it's like centering Christianity. Yeah. But it's almost just like or evangelicalism. Or, yeah. Um, it's one of those things where just like we still haven't decentered them because we don't have an alternative yet. Like there need there needs to be yeah. like and it's, it's kind of like gravity. Like we need to find yeah. another center for ourselves <laughs> and grow that mass in such a way that it has a gravitational pull of its own. And at first we have to recognize that like we as explorers have to move towards that mass on our own until it gets critical mass, you know, does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. And it is, seems like a lonely experience, whether it's your prophet or a heretic mm -hmm. or a influencer or a leader or activist, whatever it is, the person creating the thing. And then you don't maybe even see it until way later. Um, but it is, it does feel lonely. And then, and then to your point, it adds, it adds to the loneliness when mm -hmm. it's this digital yeah. stuff. Um, yeah. cause we're just sitting here on these computer yeah. screens all day. And granted zoom is like um, helpful. It definitely is. Like, I mean, like that's what we do for affirming youth ministries. And it's also what I do with yeah. all of my clients. So like, I'm not digital space can be, and is very effective in helping people yeah. create life-changing experiences but something that i was thinking about recently about how we create actual community 
and how we actually create transformational experiences. The reason church and going to church all the time was such a special and like we would go there and we would feel something different is because we were getting, we were going to a place we didn't usually go to. Like it's like, it's like a trip set and setting. You go to a place, you all by going somewhere different. You're already primed for a different experience, you know, and then you get cinematic level music, you know, music is magic. Music speaks to the soul in a way that many things do not. And so, you know, your emotions get involved. You're like, you know, you're transcending the normal. And so it's it's like, you know, you change the set setting and you get people all working with the same intention. It's just like transformation is all but inevitable. And comma, however, like when that is in a space that is trying to bolster itself and only cares about itself and not collective liberation and then you know what are you doing you're creating a church which is just a business <laughs> what is this oh yeah. it's a church and so i don't know I'm, I'm just so curious and desirous and there's a part of me that's just like i just I feel like there's all of us who are sitting here. Like it feels like the the moment is like spiritually pregnant, if you will. Mm. Mm. That's beautiful, and I'm sure a lot of people listening um, resonate with that. And you know, if 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 it's whoever is out there watching, like the new evangelicals or Joe or any of the other people that we know. I mean, you guys you guys know the people you're listening to, including Kevin. And I think. <laughs> there's something primal in a lot of people that want to see it's the the next big leader, the person that's going to topple over John MacArthur or Mark Driscoll or yeah, there's something, something like that. There's and, like, I'm not saying that we need another celebrity, but I do think mm-hmm. that we need <laughs> for lack of a better term, like a figurehead, you know? Yeah. Like it's like having something and like, and again, like, you know, Whoever that person is, you know, like, uh, I don't know. Like, I think about how Rob Bell was like the last like good mega pastor, mega church pastor, you know, and he quit yeah. because he realized like it was driving him insane. That's the crazy thing. It's it's like there is something sort of pathological about somebody. I, I, we can pick on Driscoll all day. I almost said I don't want to pick on Driscoll. I was like, why not? Yeah, why pick not on him all day. Driscoll? He don't give a fuck. You know, there there is something about um, Rob Bell. He's not perfect, obviously, but like um, somebody that is relatively healthy is going to give up on the you know, mania of keeping themselves in the spotlight. The mania all of the celebrity, time, you know, and yeah. <laughs> and so uh, it, it does seem like it is hard to have a a figurehead. Oh, I, I, I'm only saying this as a reference point because it's not perfect, but like <laughs> Bernie Sanders seemed like a good figurehead for some things in the sense that he seemed so down to earth and passionate at the same time, yeah. you know? And I think that's his, I think in some ways that's true. Like, and that's kind of like, you know, Biden was the figurehead for like saving America and saving democracy. But now look where that got us. Cause he was only a figurehead. Right. So really in reality, yeah, maybe we don't need a figurehead, but like what I'm thinking is like, I'm thinking about what I wish I had growing up. 
what I wish I had growing up was a teacher to show me, like to talk to me about the actual nature of reality, to talk to me about what's actually, you know, like not bullshitting and like saying that Jesus is coming back and that we have to like, our number one thing is just to get people to say the sinner's prayer and like, you know, just the expansion of the the company of the church, you know? And what yeah. I wish I had was just like, yeah. I wanted someone to teach me how to have a relationship with God. I wanted someone to teach me, you know, how do I connect with that source? And like the way that they said the connect with source, it would connect with God, go to church and get passionate in the worship session and read your Bible and make sure you're reading something by a white Christian megachurch pastor, which is probably really good and make sure you're volunteering. And the more you volunteer, the more closer to God you are. But then like I burnt myself out on volunteering. And it's like, yeah. Well, like I, I wish I had just somebody who's like, I like, I think about like it's annoying. It's like I think about the way that I would run a church. You know, I think about the things that I do now with my students. I think like, it would be amazing if to to spend weekly time with people to just breathe and meditate, to reconnect with source, to reconnect with love, to reconnect with one another. Again, maybe in, in like you know, I don't even want to do it in someone's home, a yoga studio. Hell, do it in a church. I don't give a fuck. But like, yeah, I believe that it's possible for us to have these communities. It just, just got to begin. Do it in a, do it in a dispensary. Hell yeah! <laughs> if the, if they have the space for yeah. it, my god, do yeah. it as a special event. Yeah, I mean, one of the things, um, it seems that has been a very helpful tool for you among lots of tools, is um, a course in miracles. Mm. And so, in terms of you you did seem to find your own guides along the way. Obviously you, you found the teachers that you wanted. And it also seems that part of your work with yourself and others is teaching themselves to be their own teachers in Indeed. a way and getting themselves in touch with their own mind. And you're really good at that. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. I would say it. So Go ahead. What, what, what was that? Like, when did you, when did that start to actually get into your system mm -hmm. instead of just being concepts or whatever. I've always been a little woo woo. Like my whole life, I've just always been like, even though we didn't grow up Pentecostal, I was always Pentecostal leaning. So like, you know, into the supernatural, which literally just means the most natural. If you think about it, which I really do think that having a, a like a living, breathing, connected relationship with spirit, AKA that which is deepest within you, um, I think that is very the most natural. Um, I found a course in miracles because as I was like dipping in my toes into, you know, reading about astrology and reading and you know, following different like new age personalities, they would talk about a course in miracles says this, course in miracles says that. And so I Googled it. Um at first, I read A Course in Miracles Made Easy, which was just like the abridged, like the Cliff Notes version, which is pretty good if you want the the, the main concepts. Yeah. Um, and then with that, I, you know, picked up, it's a, like when you get it, it's a combined volume of the text, the workbook for students and the manual for teachers. And I picked it up and I started reading and the first thing the introduction says is this is a course in miracles 
um, the curriculum is, um, oh, what's the word they use? This curriculum is um, completely necessary and you do not get to choose your curriculum. You only yeah. get to choose how much you want to take at any given time. Everything is mandatory. Only the time you give is voluntary. And I was like, oof. Mm. The aim of the course can be summed up in this. Nothing real can be threatened and nothing unreal exists. Herein lies the peace of God. And it also says, while the meaning of like this course does not aim to teach the meaning of love for that is what is beyond what could ever be stated. However, the aim of this course is to remove the blocks to the awareness of love's presence, which is your natural inheritance. Ooh, the blocks to love's presence, which is your natural the, the removal of the, the, the removal of the blocks to the awareness of love's presence. <clears throat> mm. And it says in another place way later in the course, just as, um, just as fear produces guilt, so love produces peace. And just as guilt is the condition of fear, so is peace the prerequisite for your knowledge of your relationship with God. Mm. The whole course is just getting trying mm. to get you on board with the idea that you are part of God's mind, that there's nothing you could do or anything else could do to separate you from love's presence except for a thought. Even when you feel shitty, even when you feel disconnected, even when you don't feel loved, even, yeah, you're here, you're now, you're crying, you feel loved, you're, something terrible is happening, you feel God is not here. And the truth from the Course perspective is even in your sorrow, even in the midst of incredible tragedy, even in the midst of your dark night of the soul, you're not alone, bitch. And you can yeah. either choose to... <laughs> And it's not that you have, the thing is like, it says a lot of this thing often, and I love to repeat it, is you don't have to believe that, but you might be happier if you did. Yeah. Yeah. Or it might not even be true, but it's something worth and what's holding true? on to. Or, yeah. What is true? True is a, is a, <laughs> something that is true is true 24-7. What is helpful is actually something that's more important to me. Yeah, and, and 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 when you're in tiny revolution, I think you're in interviewer mode, and so it's a different mode than friend or coach. And I find myself when I'm listening to Tiny Revolution, being like, "This is a different hmm. Kevin." It's really? almost, especially at the beginning, like, um, "Well, you're still full of your personality, but you're not coaching." Your oh, guests. absolutely, not. you're not no, doing no. that thing, right? So there is something that that I well, I know that you tend to do with me, and I imagine you do with people you're coaching, which is. Where are you getting that? What story are you telling yourself? You ask that question mm -hmm. a lot. I do that and with a lot of my friends. They get real annoyed. <laughs> but that it. I just think it's so great. I, I asked my, I, that's gotten into my system. I'm like, I'll, I'll be thinking, I'm like, well, what would Kevin would say? What story are you telling yourself yeah. right now? Because like, what's the, like, you know, what's the active thought right now that is producing this feeling within me? Like that's because mm -hmm. that's all like. Um, Suffering. Yeah. If it's causing me suffering, it's is, like, okay, it's willing. I yeah. should be willing to question that. At least question it. Uh, don't worry, I'm still here. My camera just went mm. out. And we're back. Disappeared your ghost. Um, but, like, that's, I think, like, one of the most helpful things. And that actually thing, like, the ability, like, the, the system or, like, the order of operations I use when questioning my thoughts actually comes <laughs> from another teacher named Byron Katie. 
Um, and she just kind of just asked the thought, just like, so, you know, what happens when you believe that thought? Well, you know, what do you do? What do you say? What do you think? How do you feel? How do you treat yourself? How do you treat other people? And specifically, if the thought right. is about someone, how do you treat that person when you believe the thought? Especially for us, that's like, how do you, how do you feel? How do you treat yourself when you think you're not worthy of love? Well, I don't take care of myself. I, you know, I'm mean to myself. Yeah. I like punish myself by doing X, Y, and Z things. Okay. And then the thing is just like, try on the opposite thought. If you think you're a piece of shit, think maybe I'm not just not a piece of shit. Just like, but no, I'm wonderful. And just don't just, you know, yeah. just try it on. You don't have to believe it. Just try it on. What would it feel like to be like, if that were the dominant thought? How, what would you be doing? What it's would you be doing me. differently if that were the yeah. thought? How would you treat yourself? How would you treat others? And I'm like, so you're having the thought right now. You're feeling the feeling right now. You're having the experience right now. What's stopping you from carrying this thought with you? Nothing but have it. Have it. Nothing. And that's the thing about a and thought. I, it's yeah. just like habit of thought. That's it. Which is, you know, why we meditate, which is why we keep our practices. That, well, that, that's exactly what I was going to say. I think that's what's so nice about what you do is um, there is some sort of traditional, at least in my experience, way of being where you go out with like a Christian mentor or something like that. And they, it's, it's all set up for them to get, or I mean, this could be like traditional preaching too. I'm going to give you this insight or this piece of advice and boom, that's, that's what's going to change. And it's like, no you actually have to cultivate a set of experiences and practices that are going to get this into your system and you live that out and you, that's what you're giving. So also I think what's so sweet about you is like, you're like, just try it out. I, I hope it works, mm -hmm. you know, it, it should, but uh, let's just try it. You know, you're not like, if you do this, I probably, you're not like some snake oil salesman. And that's the thing. I will, I will say this though, is that like the people who take, like I tell when I'm working with my students, I'm just like, please take me up on this i dare you mm -hmm. i dare mm -hmm. you to test out what i'm i'm telling you because mm -hmm. sometimes like you know you'll get involved with it and if it doesn't work we can you know every single practice every single practice is malleable is adaptable to whatever the individual needs even down to closing the eyes if you don't want to fucking close your eyes you don't got to you know mhm mm if you are somebody who is um, got limited mobility, you don't have to have the same movement practice as other people. You know, if you are somebody who has ADHD, it doesn't matter that your mind gets lost two thousand times. If two thousand times you merely come back to the breath, like that's what I think is annoying is that everybody thinks that it's about just like getting really holy and still and like oh my, you know I'm like gonna call my like. I'm going to quiet my mind. I'm going to try to go blank. You're not trying to go blank. You're trying to get in touch with love. You're trying to get in touch with that, which is deep with, with it, within yourself. And the thing about that is like, yeah, just the, the, just breath meditation, returning the body to a state of equilibrium. That's the basics of what these kinds of practices can do. And then once you are at baseline, good, can I tell you how <laughs> that it gets better? <laughs> And like, that's mm -hmm. the thing it does. Like it gets better and better and better. And it's like, how good can it get? Apparently infinitely. Apparently there's no end to God. Yeah. 
And so if there's no end to God, I want to, like, my life's work and my vocation is about being a vessel of God's love to this earth. Like, and I used to be weirdly ashamed of, like, trying to, like, say something like that, but that's my work here, is I want to teach people how to feel God's presence, to remove the blocks to the awareness of love's presence. But the thing is, like, if you mm. don't do anything, if you are stuck in your trauma, it's fine. You just have to be compassionate with it. It will not stick around forever. But it will stick around as long as you keep doing the same shit. Unfortunately, there's a slight bit of willingness that is necessary in order to facilitate change. Just a little bit, though. You can do a lot with a little bit of willingness. Yeah. And the change is slow and gentle and takes time. Mm -hmm. And And it um, has to. I, I think like yeah one yeah. of the things that is another abraham hicks um example they they talk about the, the trains like thoughts are like trains and so if you had one thought that is going in this direction for your entire life it's like a bullet train in tokyo right it's a bullet train and then you're this new thought that's the shitty thought shit shitty thought is god hates me and i'm bullet train. not part of love yeah yeah and yeah. then you get this new thought I'm a part of God's mind. I'm very holy. A lot of people think that like, oh, I got to believe that. If I don't believe that, I'm not really doing it right. It's not believable yet. It's not believable to you yet. So maybe don't try to like, don't try to go mm. there all the way to the thing that you want to be true for you. Go to the next best affirmation, which could be, okay, I'm not a piece of shit. Maybe that's the thought that can keep up with the other thought and you can slowly jump trains and slowly move down and ration it down so it's like move like start with the, the next believable thing don't start with the thing that's not believable to you yet because if you try to say i'm very holy i'm very holy and you don't believe it you're just going to reinforce the negative idea and that's the thing people will hit a roadblock and then they stop people start seeing some progress and then they still feel sad and then like oh i can't do it anymore it didn't work and the thing about it is healing takes time and if you are not willing to yeah. give your the soft animal of your body the space to do it i mean who else is going to do it the soft animal of your body i've heard you say that phrase so many times mary oliver um oliver. yeah <laughs> on a side silly note i i think i told you this but there there's a there's a sticker that i've seen all over seattle and i have no idea what it means but it is it, it, the first time I saw it, I was like, this is crazy. And then on, I saw it more and more and it said, Mary Oliver is gang stalking me. And it's, it's, I've seen it all over Seattle. I don't know what they're talking about. Maybe like, what is the origin of the stick? Gang stalking? Yeah. I don't even know what that means, but it's, it's all over the place. You're going to yeah, look it up. Gotta find out in real time. <laughs> Mary Oliver is. Okay. Well, Kevin is looking this up. I'll say one thing that I was thinking about that Kevin said a while back in this conversation was to start tiny revolution, they were losing their mind. I brought that up with my therapist one time and he said something really helpful. He said, maybe you are losing your mind, but you're gaining a new mind. And I think that's something that Kevin helps people do is essentially through these practices, gain a new mind. Mm. Did you find anything about Mary Oliver gang stalking? Um, no, someone reported that they got, they got handed a sticker and said, you'll get it. And they didn't get it. And I, I didn't read far oh, enough down to the dang. Reddit to see if anyone could understand okay. it. So, well, everybody, go go do some um, research yeah. on that. Put it in the comments. Get back. Put it in the comments. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
I think that you're correct. I think this is about, what does it say? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Like that's tip. Not right now. Come on. Tip is speaking in she tongues. She is. <laughs> she is. I haven't like, I've been gone all day. So she's like, I want to play. I just want to play. So we're going to play after mm-hmm. this. Um, mm-hmm. But that's really what it feels like to me too. It's like, I feel like, I got a new brain in some ways, not even a new brain, but just like my mind, like, and by the way, by my mind, it's like the way in which my thoughts are oriented more often than not. Like, I I feel like I, it's for a long time. It used to be just like, I don't have any control of what's going on in my mind. I have all these intrusive thoughts. I'm just like intrusive thoughts are intrusive. And you're like, I don't want to have them. They're scary. I'm just like, you have to give space for everything, even the scary ones. And just question them. Well, this thought says I should kill myself. I'm just like, well, question it. Should you? <laughs> this thought right. says I should hurt myself. Right. Well, should you? Well, yeah. just question it. And like, I, I say this as somebody who has struggled with suicidal ideation and self-harm. Is eventually I had to ask myself, it's like the same thing with doing drugs. And I like, I, like you know, there was a couple of times where I'm just like, do I want to do this Coke right now? Do I, I'm, I'm dead serious. I'm like, do I want to do this? Like in college, yeah. I'm like, do I want to pop this Percocet right now before I go to class? It's not, do I right. really want to smoke this cigarette? It's not actually going to make me feel better, but like, I need something. I need something to alter whatever I'm feeling. And it's one of those things where it's like, I, but what do I want? I want, I want peace. I want to feel better. Mm. And so I've got to find the things that are going to make me feel better and not just in the short term. Like, that's the thing. It's just like, we can find all sorts of short-term yeah. fixes, but what I'm talking about and what I'm for, what I'm... Tip! No, not right now. <laughs> what I am passionate about is people finding heaven now. I yeah. want people to start find, like figuring out that like everything that they promised us that we were going to get later, we're allowed to have it right now. Yeah. That's beautiful. And like, that's, it's so simple. It's so simple. And it's just, that's what like gets me kind of annoyed. It's just like, I don't understand why everybody is not like chomping at the bit to kind of do shit like this. I don't know. Like, like this, like tiny revolution or any sort of like internal spiritual work. It's so strange to me how many people are, are like, not strange. Like I totally get it because of capitalism, but I'm just, I'm hungry for a dynamic spiritual community of people who are just like still going about their everyday lives. People can still be accountants mm-hmm. and like, you know, baristas and like stay at home moms or like in corporate workers. I don't care about like everybody, like, you know, we need that. We need the world to have variety, but like, I'm so, I'm sick of, <laughs> I'm sick of people hating themselves and feeling that they're not worthy because like it gets in the way of everything. You're going to bring us into the dawning of the age of Aquarius. Girl, we're, 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 we're in it. The, the, it's like yeah. we're in the middle of the age of Aquarius. She, the, the sun is yeah. high. It is peaking. <laughs> and also I would say that yeah. the astrology suggests that like, there's like a huge, like there is a huge shift. Mm-hmm. And it's re- like, I, I love that I get you to know- be a part of it. It's like, I feel like this is like what the emergent church wanted to be. Yeah. But they were too stuck trying to do the same old. 
old wine skins, new wine, mm-hmm. done work, bitch. Read the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> the immersion. I love. How, I love how you like are your own choir. Sometimes you're like, come on. <laughs> Listen, every now and again, she preaches. <laughs> um. I think some of the things that you teach and advocate for and want are more subtle and the it's, it's hard to convey to people in a quick way. Mm -hmm. That's why I think it would take work. It's like, okay, we'll sign up for eight sessions or whatever. But at the same time, um, it's like if you and I took the idea of morning pages, right? Whatever's happening there. I've had times where, I do get lost in the flow of my journaling because everybody morning pages from the artist mm-hmm. way, she essentially says, write three pages and don't let the pen stop moving. And there are days where I have this electrifying sense of getting in touch with a, a more subtle thing. And I say, who's writing right now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's such a fascinating moment, but it's subtle. It's not just like, and that's know. the thing is like, this is subtle work. <laughs> Is that eventually, like you yeah. know, like when you start like really noticing the breath, it's like who the who the fuck is breathing? Yeah, and that's kind yeah. of like when in yoga, like that, like the whole kind of like purpose of yoga is trying to get you, like in karma yoga, is trying to get you into the thing of like I'm not the person doing this, I'm not the one doing this. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I am sitting here, I'm perfectly observant, not attached, and. I'm doing whatever my dharma is prompting me to do. Say it another way. I'm just doing what my father in heaven is telling me to do. (laughs) (laughs) Which is why I think Jesus was a yogi. But, you know, I I digress. Um, You're one of those influencers, aren't you? I am completely. (laughs) Not the original influencer, but one of many. Yeah. Um, But, like, that's... It, that, that subtle thing, I think that's the work, is being able mm-hmm. to press in fully to that question of, like, who is here? And then also just, like, I feel like there's a dance between, like, spirit for me, which is, like, I would say is, like, my truest self, like, the part of me that is, like, the middle of the middle. Um, the um, Said another way, like, in yoga, called the Atman, which is, like, the deposit of the universe within all of us that's a good that, that might be a good time to just go back because i don't know what exactly you want out of this episode but i'm curious for the sake of listen i want you to have fun and then i also want you to ask me the same questions i ask everybody else at the end oh gosh i i, I don't i i need to have i can tell you what they are <laughs> and then you can ask me don't worry that would be a funny way to do it you're yeah, like you're like reverse Matthias. Matthias asked the questions at the beginning. You asked the questions at the end. Yeah, I think it's more fun that way. Yeah, I, I think um, going back to the origins of a tiny revolution, and it's like getting science Mike on, and then how things progressed from there. I imagine listeners for an episode like this would love to hear what was the, that initial experience like. Like it, it seems like getting Mike on right off the bat that would have felt like a quick win or something yeah yeah Yeah. because like me and mike met the same summer at um that i met sarah at um wild goose festival 
And so that was like the beginning of our friendship. I didn't know who the fuck he was, mm-hmm. to be honest, because like I never heard of the liturgist. Mm-hmm. I never heard of like Mike McCarg or of Michael Gunger. You weren't into well, Gunger? I knew who Gunger was. <laughs> oh, who fucking wasn't into Gunger, bitch? <laughs> like, they're, I mean, not going to lie, like their music's still good. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I'm very impressed. And also just like, anyways, that's, that's not a fan. But like <laughs> having those initial moments where it was like, really interesting because i'm just like you want to talk to me okay cool all right you know i i think i was expecting it to be i don't know you know because i think that like we're obsessed with the idea that like hard work and sacrifice is actually the way to manifest what you want and it's not Mm. it's learning how to be in ease Mm. while you're asking um so yeah it was I don't know. It was one of those things where it's just like, like, I know that I've got the chops to be as good or better than most of the bitches I hear out here. Like, and that's not to toot my, again, not to toot my own horn, but just like, I know that I'm a good host. I know that I'm a good interviewee. I know I'm a good conversation. And it was very, very frustrating. And still in some cases can be very frustrating. I'm just like, these are some of the most interesting conversations and that, you know, only a few thousand people have heard. And that's fine. Like, I'm not like, you know, I'm not going to like, you know, I'm very, very thankful. It's just, and I know I, I want more. I want to be where the, you know, the ad sponsors are. <laughs> I want to talk about Blue Apron <laughs> strutting around on those. What do you call them again? Oh, Squarespace <laughs> up where they run. I'm going to stop <laughs> <laughs> that could be a viral tiktok song um, you should you should make but a I'm whole like, song I, about that oh my about sponsors and see who oh my god the little mermaid. Yeah, let's monetize yeah. <laughs> um until disney says um uh you can't do stop. that stop <laughs> um well if it's used under i don't know i don't know law i keep like I got a B in music law in college, so I can give you like an 89% answer of whether or not you can like <laughs> legally do something. But that was like 2013 <laughs> when I graduated from college. That was 10 fucking years ago, dude. <laughs> I'm fucking old. Uh. <laughs> 34. Yeah. I'm 44. I'm 10 years now. older. I know. Yeah. Your skin's better though, honestly. <laughs> I don't think that's true. I feel like I, I've been abusing, especially like recently I've been, when, been doing drag. I've been I like, you know, that is that is abuse to the, the dermis. Is it? Just like, I mean, like you're you are slathering, you know, uh, you know, a full coverage paint all over your face and then putting glue on it and stretching it and then like, you know, you know cinching your waist and displacing your guts and other parts and then throwing yourself around the room for money <laughs> while drinking yes so like you tell me <laughs> or you were so it's a monster last night right for oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no not frankenstein's monster um i just um i just finished a run with my friend Elasaurus rex mm. the mother of mary's the queen of east atlanta drag um, but she asked me to play piano for a one woman show that she was putting on. And so, um, I played piano for different, like little, like campy parts throughout the show. 
and one of the, like the whole plot was she was gonna like you know she wants to figure out how to get onto drag race and so she gets desperate so she does a human sacrifice wink wink <laughs> but like it's to running up that hill and oh, right, she right. pulls out a rhinestone heart from my chest yeah um <laughs> and it's just fucking funny and then she brings me back from the dead so i can keep playing the show beautiful but i went backstage and i had i did a really amazing quick drag uh zombie quick drag and you thought you were just gonna be playing the piano yeah and here i am a full-blown performance artist (laughs) well so i i wonder if there was so you had mike and then i wonder if there was a moment in the subsequent interviews where it really just started to take off for you and you're like i got something here Mm. I think it was when like I started like getting over like a thousand listeners per episode. Mm-hmm. Like and then there, you know, was really like I used to have like a really I used to really push my Patreon and like I'm about to start like resurrecting that community in a big way. Um but it was like finding the people finding out that people wanted to support me. Yeah. And realizing that people wanted to support me. And there's a part of me that's thinking, like, fuck, I really, like, I feel like these past few years, like, I've, in some ways, like, I feel like because of, like, dealing with my own trauma and trying to, like, keep myself healthy, like, I was not able to really steward an online community really well. And I feel like I squandered it because I had to take time off and I had to take space away so people stopped supporting. So it's like, it makes sense and now I'm in a place where it's just like, shit, I need all your, <laughs> I need all of your help. Do you want to come back and hang out? Mm-hmm. Um, but also times are different. That was, you know, close to 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. That's not true. That's close to eight, six or seven, you know, yeah. something like that. Yeah. But either way, it's, um, I, I, it's one of those things where I don't think there was a moment where I said, Oh, I think I've got something here. Like it was always just like, this feels very fun. Yeah. That's really true. Um, yeah. And I think that's kind of like what I like my litmus test for most of this shit is like, am I having fun with this? Am I enjoying this? Is this giving me what it is? Is this giving what I what it purports to give? If not, then why? Why would I do anything that I wouldn't have fun? I'm very much very Scorpio in the fact that I don't want to be doing anything I don't want to for any length of time. <laughs> I was almost so, literally this the moment. The moment it becomes like, like if the moment I really huff and puff and roll my eyes at it, then I'm going to like figure out how to close out gracefully. But right now we're having fun, especially with this new fucking book coming out. So last year at this time I was on a FaceTime with you when I was really going through some stuff and, and uh, we were just vibing out and talking and, and you said something that just really stuck with me. It's not even that profound, but it was like in the moment it, you just said, I'm just here to vibe. <laughs> I, I, quoted that I don't think God put like me on this earth to work hard. I think God put me on this earth to vibe yeah. for Shire. <laughs> I love that. That's uh, what I'm here for. Um, I don't want to keep us too much longer because, yeah. um, you know, editing or trying to put together an hour. No one really listens past 50 minutes, if I'm being honest. Really? Data says. Yeah, longer. I mean, I don't know if that's true anymore. Back in the day, it was like 50 minutes was the golden mark. And that's typically where I keep it. That's beautiful. Um, You're you're much more um, researched than me. I I will say like 
getting back into podcasts. I mean, I research for what I know from like five years ago when I did research on this shit. So like, I remember when I started my podcast, people kept saying, you got to keep it under 30 minutes so I can listen to it on my commute. And I was like, fuck that. Like you're not the target audience. 30 minutes. (laughs) Who says anything in 30 minutes? You're just warming up at 30. Well, let's get to the final questions. But, but also I, I guess just burning curiosity, like let's just assume and say, all guests are amazing and fabulous. Is there a guest or two that really stands out? Is Because I talk to Matthias often and I'm like, hey, Matthias, I was a fan of Queerology before I became your friend and the Bishop Flunders episode rocked my world. Like, is there an episode or two that you're like, this really was a game changer or something for you personally? I need to go back to the catalog real quick. <laughs> I'm actually going to look it up. Because I think this was, that's a really, really good question. Hold on, because I, I want to make sure I answer truthfully. Yeah. Uh, While Kevin's uh, doing that, I'll just say Kevin has spoken at the youth group many times. And uh, it, it is a, it's really cool to have you talking to the teens and the youth and to weave in insights from all the work that you've done. And it's strange that it can still come under the umbrella of something like Christianity but you're weaving in all these different things. Like I almost had this thought earlier, like um, whatever they were called. I don't know if you were in things like this growing up, but like sword fights where you'd like reference, like if you hit sword drills, sword drills. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. When you, when you did this, yeah. I was like, yeah, sword drills. I'm almost like, cause you have so much of the course in miracles memorized. It's like, I, I also have a lot of the Bible memorized. I know. I, I know. That's another thing too. It's always coming up in conversation, but I almost felt like uh, this the the a course in miracles version of that would be a pillow fight. <laughs> no, the thing about a course in miracles is that when you actually get into it, it scalps you. Like it says more than one time, you accomplish so little because you have such an undisciplined mind. No, and I'm just like, you're right, bitch. I started. You're I was right. like, I'm going to do the course in miracles. We found it at some sort of secondhand bookstore here, and the like second or third exercise was go around and say, this is meaningless. This is meaningless. And it made me. And that's the thing. If you're not willing, that's the thing about that. I love about the course is you have to come in contact with meaninglessness. (laughs) And by that you have to come, like basically you have to understand it. What it's trying to get you to is to understand you give meaning to everything. Yeah. Therefore, if I say this is good or this is bad, it doesn't fucking mean anything because I'm the one who decides it. Mm-hmm. Ooh, it hurt. And there it hurt is power in that. Yeah, it is. There's power to say like, this used to mean this to me, mm-hmm. but now it means something else and I can either let it go or I can change it. Or I can... Like that's what it's, it's returning the power of choice to your spirit and to yourself. Ooh. Everyone gets real bugged, bugged out because they think life is supposed to have meaning. No, if you would be silent the meaning will present itself. Ugh. So good. Are you looked out over your catalog? Yeah, I, I I went through, and the one that stands out most recently was the conversation with propaganda. Mm. Actually, not to like mm. pull a big one, but like the episode with propaganda, like it was very interesting for me. Like, this is somebody who, at first, like you know, for a long time, like never. I didn't realize like in the CCM world, like he was always kind of the black sheep of that crew. Right. Um, but he was just like, yes, of course I'm affirming of queer people. And the reason like, I'm not like, you know, like the reason like you can see it is like, sorry, I'm screaming playing again. Mm. 
you know, I've included like Jay Givens on some of my work. I've included this person. I employ this people. I'm just like, it's like, if it's not obvious that I'm affirming of queer people, I'm sorry. I like, he's just like, he's like, but like, you know, I'm not trying to get other people's, he's like propaganda. What do you think about it? It's just like, I think it's great. Go talk to my gay friend. That's, that's, and that was his position on it. Mm -hmm. And I'll also say like, it costs nothing to say, yeah, I think queer people are dope. Right. Um, and that's what I, that's what I wanted. Like like some people like like me, clarity is kindness. So is but I loved to, I loved talking to that because I feel like we actually under like he understood why I felt the way that I did and I understood his actions after that. Mm-hmm. It was really nice. Another one I'll say that was like really kind of wonderful was David Hayward, mm-hmm. the naked pastor. Mm-hmm. Um just seeing somebody who's older than us you know um you know who you know former pastor now artist um who's just really dedicated to people becoming spiritually free it was really cool it was like he's I'm like i look at him i'm like i this is what i want that's all, i can see it i can see myself becoming old and happy um got in the, got in the so many it, um david <laughs> yeah i talked to joel leon mm-hmm. um if you don't know who that is, like go check it out. Mm-hmm. Diana, like there was this amazing conversation with Diana Butler Bass where we talked about Jesus as friend. Mm. Um, I talked with, um, I mean, like I've talked to like sex therapists. I've talked yeah. to poets. I talked to John Steingard, who like was the lead singer of that whatever band. I, I what is it? Not what was it called? I don't even remember. <laughs> Hawk Nelson. Hawk Nelson. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's it. I talked to Morgan Harper Nichols mm-hmm. for Pete's sake. And like she knew who I was, which is really fucking cool. Um, you know, like like I will say, like I now that I'm looking, I was like, I've talked to some incredible You have you have you have a great lineup. People. people. Like the, the the catalog is actually fucking ridiculous. And, and you, I would say one of the impacts your podcast has had on me is introducing me to some some people I never heard of before, which is ridiculous because I should have heard of these people. But isn't it interesting that people that in heavy quotes might be bigger than you? Mm-hmm. I found them because of you, you know, mm-hmm. and that's interesting. That is like, isn't it just? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, like now trying to get a hold of like Morgan Harper Nichols is like nearly impossible yeah. because I wanted to like get her on like my book or whatever. But, you know. She's fucking busy because she's got a fucking empire mm-hmm. <laughs> to run. Mm-hmm. Well, not an empire, but a very, very successful entrepreneur yeah. business. Yeah. Should we do the final questions? We should do the final questions. <laughs> okay. What are they again? <laughs> okay. I don't want to They're all related to the hand. It's what's, do you want to give them all, all up front or one at a time? Let's do them one at a time. What's one thing you like about yourself? Kevin, what is one thing that you like about yourself? Oh, my God. I'm so glad you asked. Um... I um I really like my singing voice. I'm not gonna lie. It's one of my favorite things about me. <laughs> oh. Second question is uh, what's one thing you're proud of? Kevin, what's one thing that you're proud of? I am really proud of my book. That's well, both my books. My first book, Bad Theology Kills, and I'm that's two things I'm proud of. Both my books. Both my children. I love them equally. Um, the second one, um, What Makes You Bloom, is coming out in 50 days. Like, literally, if you're listening to this on the 20th of November when it comes out, it's 50 days until What Makes You Bloom comes out. Go pre-order it. What are you doing? Bam. 
And if you don't pre-order it, you hate gay people. <laughs> That's a fucking fact. Kevin will also say that, Quote often me. say that if I don't text back time in a timely way, you hate gay people. Yeah. If, if, it's because Scott hates non-binary people. He doesn't think that non-binary people exist, and therefore he doesn't text them back. So. That's uh, a joke. Third question. That's a joke. The third question is, what's one thing that pisses you off? Yeah, that's great. What's one? This is a David Hayward. He just did fuck the patriarchy. Um, what's mm. one thing that pisses you off? I know there's a lot. <laughs> oh, sorry. I only pick one. Um, I'm going to go with a petty one. Mm. That's good. Um, it really, really bugs me. Um, let's see. Now I'm trying to like... <laughs> say it in a nice i don't know what how am i trying what am i trying to say i hate it when people talk like they know something and then they don't like they they talk like they know more about an actual topic than they actually do know and do you know what i'm talking about it's just like they're talking out of their ass and you can tell they're talking out of their ass i fucking hate it (laughs) like to the point where like it it upsets me because i know that you're lying (laughs) And like, I don't just like as a former liar, I can't handle it. That's great. That's great. It takes one to know one. Oof. <laughs> it really does. Yeah. Listen, I, I know how to spin a yarn. I yeah. used to lie to everyone about everything. <laughs> and now like I am, um, I'm literally pendulum swung in the other direction. I'm just like, tell the truth to everyone about everything yeah. all the time. Yeah. Dang. Period. No exceptions. Yeah. Ugh. Dang. That's a good Fourth one. question is. Fourth question is, what is something you're committed to? Kevin, what is something that you're committed to? My daily practice. Every morning I go and I sit down and I light the candle and I light some incense and I say hello to Jesus and Bhagwan Nityananda and Ganesh mm-hmm. and Mary, the mother of Christ and Mary Magdalene and um, Krishna and, and St. Thomas and... Um, um, St. Francis, Lakshmi, you know, and I just spend time connecting with um, those beings who help get me in touch with love. Hmm. And that's something I do every day for myself. And it keeps me, and I tell people I don't meditate because I think I'm holy or because it makes me holy. I meditate because I am the most stressed out person that I know. <laughs> and if I don't keep my meditation practice, I go fucking insane. It's it's sweet to see how you catch yourself doing that sometimes. You're like, wait a second, I haven't meditated in a while. <laughs> no, that's the thing. It's just like, why is why do I feel so out of control? Oh, because I'm not taking care of myself. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Fifth question. Last one is, what do you want to do? What's one thing you want to do before you die? What is one thing that you want to do before you die? Does tattoo my entire body count as one thing? It's like one so. one giant checklist. Yeah, 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 I yeah. want to have all, all the cert, like up to you know the bottom of my my jawline. I would like to have tattooed. <laughs> That's new information for me. I don't want it to be like completely filled in, but I want to have tattoos everywhere. Yeah, I like that all over. I don't even have one tattoo yet, and I I, I like the idea of having many many tattoos. You're already way ahead of me on that one, but. What are you doing? You only have so, but so long, sweetheart. You got to make some money <laughs> for tattoos. Uh, you, you know, like get to the corner, <laughs> you know? 
Um, and then I do like, you know, like everybody, I do the tell people where to find you. So what, Scott, before we, fi- oh. you know, how do people find you on the internet, Scott? And then you can ask me where people can find me. That's great. <laughs> if they didn't know already, you can find me at Affirming Youth Ministries. Um, that's the Instagram, Scott Gronholtz. Mm-hmm. That's my Instagram. And No Small Thing Podcast. That is my podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, how about you, Kevin? And oh, what, what and it? before we go, um, Scott's going to be back on um, in two weeks where I'm going to interview him about the work of Affirming Youth Ministries. And we're also going to like right now um, while we're listening to this, if you're saying, oh, my God, what's a way that I can support this and support Kevin and Scott and all that stuff? I would love for you to go to Affirming Ministry, affirmingyouthministries.org and pledge a monthly amount of $10 or $15 or $20 if you got it. We have a goal of raising a recurring amount of $10,000 so that we can maintain operations. And we have a matching grant yeah. of $10,000. Um, of everything we get between now and Giving Tuesday, which is in two weeks. So um, please, 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 um, if you love my work, um, rather than like even becoming a part of my Patreon community, I want you to come and support Affirming Youth Ministries because it is so important that queer youth have a space to explore this part of themselves in a safe way that doesn't divorce their spirituality from their um, sexual or gender identity. Okay. And if you can do so, both, um, do, do Patreon and oh, Kevin, wait, before you do the next thing, let me plug in my computer. It's, I'm about to die. Oh no. Well, there really isn't a next thing, but I'm going to keep talking. You can find me across the internet at the Kevin Garcia. Um, my website is thekevingarcia.com. You can listen to my podcast here. You're already listening to it. Congratulations. So please subscribe <laughs> and leave a review. Um, Share it with a friend. Please go pre-order What Makes You Bloom. And if you are in Atlanta, June, not June, January 9th, it's a Tuesday, I'm going to have an incredible release party at Sister Luisa's Church of the Living Room and Ping Pong Emporium. It's a bar. Um, And it's going to be in conversation with my friend Candace Marie Benbow, who wrote Red Lip Theology. And the fabulous Derek Webb is coming to perform as well. So go get your free ticket for that and then also i'll be in albuquerque new mexico for the q christian fellowship national conference the 11th through the 13th go check all that out and 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 um i am i got two offerings going on right now i'm sorry you have to sit the end of my great. announcements scott <laughs> um two things going on one 21 day live meditation workshop that's happening beginning december 1st to the 21st that is um, a $99 class for all 21 classes. So it like averages out to like $450 a class. Um, but it comes with the recordings and it's like how you want to create finally create a practice for yourself that doesn't suck and that actually helps you. This could be the one. You can also do it in two payments. So no excuses. Buy something nice for yourself. Um, the other thing is I'm opening up registration for the uh, 2024 Spiritual Recovery Coven. I'm also going to call it this the Sunday Coven, um, but it's going to be a I can't decide six or nine month program. I still got to pray about that. But if you are looking for some longer term spiritual mentorship alongside a group of amazing people who are also on a spiritual journey, please go fill out the application. Get on my my calendar and let's talk. Applications close December fifteenth. I think that's everything. You're so good at that. There's a lot. I hear you say that in the podcast sometimes. I'm like, is Kevin reading this? You just 
just say it right off the top. <laughs> it's I just I I had like I, I I did church announcements growing up, so I always <laughs> yeah. just I it's right there. Um, Scott, thanks for doing this with me. Oh. This was a really really fun time and. Um, I, I, wait. and also to everyone who's been listening yeah. for 200 fucking episodes. Thank you. Yeah. Like I know there's someone out there who has listened to all 200 episodes. There's someone. And I thank you. Uh, Kevin, I want to make um, sure I say on behalf of listeners and me that, uh, there's a lot of gratitude for all the work that you did just for being you and all the work that you've mm-hmm. done in just the podcast, but who you are in the world is impacted so many people. And you and I will never know exactly how many people, but mm-hmm. it's really significant. Um, me being one of them, like before we became friends, mm-hmm. I was dramatically impacted by your podcast and your Instagram and your writing and your book. And there were people at the church I was working at that were walking around with bad theology kills sweatshirts. And I had no idea what that was here in Seattle. Damn. And it, and, and it, it was a real thing. Like I asked them, where did you get that sweatshirt? And they showed me your book and I read your book and I got into your Instagram and like, that's just mm-hmm. one of hundreds of thousands of stories. I'm sure. So damn. Yeah. <sighs> I receive it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's fun. Well, everyone, um, I'll do the closing since Scott doesn't know it. Um, until next time, please take your medicine, call your person, shake your ass. Eat something delicious, move your body in a way that feels good. Go pet a dog unless you've got an allergy or you don't like dogs, in which case you should go talk to your therapist because why not? Um, just kidding. I love you. Scott, you got any blessings? Anything you want to say? Just a good night. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for having me on, Kevin. Um, this has been a real. Go subscribe to No Small Thing. And um, we love you. Thank good you night. Good night. <laughs> and